Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Attack of the B-Movies podcast. I'm your host, Johnny, and today's edition, we'll be talking about the 1992 Christopher Lambert, that's right, the Highlander, film Fortress. Now, Fortress is an interesting film because its plot has been done since then. Like, I remember, I wish I remember what movie it was. I can't remember exactly what movie it was that came out more recently. Maybe it was Babylon AD. No, I don't remember offhand. Anyways, we'll get more into that in a second. So Fortress is a 1992 film directed by Stuart Gordon. Uh, he's an Australian-American uh, director. It stars Christopher Lambert and Lauren Lachlan. Those are the two lead characters. And it was filmed in at Warner Brothers Movie World in Queensland, Australia. Which is, explains the desert scene at the end, because it's either going to be California to have a desert scene, or, you know, middle of Australia. Because everyone I've talked to from Australia tells me it's all desert except for the coasts. And if you look on a map, it kind of looks that way. Anyway, it's nothing here, here nor there. So, the movie takes place in a future that overpopulation has been a problem, and it takes place in the U.S., and I want to say it... Um, it's a very dystopian future. It's your classic, like, cyberpunk... Well, can't say cyberpunk future. But either way, you, so you're restricted to having one child. So, Christopher Lambert, his character John Henry Brennick, and his wife Karen, find out that she's expecting a second child, which is against the, the rules of the state. Sorry about that. So... He, um, they try to escape, and they, I want to say they get caught on a bridge. So, <laughs> oddly enough, the, the year the movie takes place in is 2017. Uh, he's an ex-army officer also, by the way, and he's trying to cross from the United States into, I believe, Vancouver, which is funny that this is filmed in Australia, and now the majority of shit's filmed in Vancouver, especially when it comes to B-movies. So, um, they had the, the first child died. So she's pregnant with the second one, but they don't have a first one. So it's really bizarre to me that the first child, like the one child rule would like qualify, right? Because they don't have one child. The child's dead. This would be their one child again. I, so I don't know, it just seems weird to me. So they're trying to escape and they're going through security scanners to the checkpoint and the wife is wearing a magnetic vest, hoping to fool the scanners into not seeing she's pregnant. Unfortunately, when the, one of the guards notice it, and uh, triggers the alarm, and, you know, every, every, all hell breaks loose, right? So uh, Henry gets, or John gets caught, her uh, husband, Christopher Lambert, and believes she escaped. He gets sentenced to 31 years at what they call the Fortress, hence the name of the movie. So the Fortress, it's a privately, it's a privately run maximum security prison. And this is, again, something that's been done in some other movies, and it's run by an evil corporation. Well, I don't know if I'd say evil corporation, but I guess close enough. So this is similar to Deadlock in a way, too. Because to maintain, or to keep the, in, the inmates in line, they, uh, when they get there, they put, they put these things called intestinators into them. And they can use these to induce death, pain, mental conditioning, mental anguish, anything they want. And the, the, the fortress is basically ran by a computer called Z10. 
or for America, Z10. No, I'm kidding. It, it is it's Z10, which sounds far cooler. I mean, Z10 sounds like a Chevy vehicle. So uh, the computer overruns everything, but there is a human counterpart that co-runs it. And the guy's name is Director Poe. And Director Poe, I believe, is played by Kurtwood Smith. Now, that name might sound familiar to you because Kurtwood Smith was also in... Uh, he was also in... Shit, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, uh, he was in Dead 70s Show, for one. He played Red, the, the father. And he was in Robocop, Dead Poet Society. Uh, yeah, if he, he, he's made the rounds, especially when it comes to B-movies. Uh, Rambo 3. I mean, he's been in a ton of stuff. And the guy's fantastic. The guy's a great actor, in my opinion. And he's just hilarious. Even his characters... Well, except this one. The guy's hilarious. I love a lot of his characters he's played on TV. So you have a pretty solid actor in, in him, in Kurtwood Smith, and you have a solid actor in Christopher Lambert. I don't know anything that Lauren Lachlan was in. The name sounds very familiar. I I, I want to say she's pretty much kind of known for for Fortress, you know? I mean... I think, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, she was in Taking Care of Business. Uh, the only other thing she'd be known for was she played Jill Waddington in some episodes of JAG from, I don't even know what year, 98, and then again in 2004. She didn't really act a whole lot after this. She made, she made a few movies. Like I said, this is 1992. She made a few TV movies, starting a few TV episodes, and kind of disappeared. I, I really don't know what happened to her. So, anyways, back to the movie. So, they put these things in you so you cannot, um... You know, if you try anything, they're going to cause you excruciating pain, right? I mean, that's the whole point, isn't it? I mean... So, he has this implanted in him. He believes she's escaped, so he's kind of like, Well, you know, one day I'd like to get out and and see my, uh, see my wife again and my child who's been born. And uh, he makes some friends eventually. But like I said, it, it, the computer monitors everything day to day. The director, Poe, who is Kurtwood Smith, is in it. Um, it's called Fortress. And I, I swear to God this had a different title at one point called The Tower or Tower. But it, it didn't. It was Fortress. It's built into the ground. So it, it, they dug down. So it's located underground in the middle of a desert. Basically in a giant pit. And the only way in or out is on a bridge that they could retract in or out. So... There's, you know, there's obviously, quote-unquote, no escape. Um, the prisoners are not treated well. They're kept in cells that are secured by walls made of lasers, <laughs> which is really cool in movies, but as far as I know in real life, especially in 2017, would not really work. Uh, and it's funny that they were so bold in their technological predictions for this year from 1992, because it's... You know, not that long ago. What, 92, 20, 25 years? So this is the 25th anniversary of this movie, actually, this year. And it, it just seems like... Well, let me correct that, too. In America, it came out in 93. It was a year... It released a year later. It's not a long movie, either, by the way. It's it's an hour and a half. It's a, it's a good watch. But I'll get more to that in a second. So you, the prisoners are overcrowded, as usual, in these kind of movies. And he's... um. Christopher Lambert's character, John's, he, his cellmate is a, let's see, his cellmate, 
he has more than one cellmate. Well, I don't know if they're really his cellmates. His buddies in jail are Abraham, who uh, basically works as like a servant for Poe. And he is um, a model prisoner, they call him. He's, he's hoping for parole. Then there's a guy named D-Day, who is a machine demolitions expert. Which, come on, you got to have that, right? I mean, why not? And D-Day, I'm trying to think, of, I'm trying to see who he played. Jeffrey Combs played D-Day. That's another name that should be familiar to, to a lot of people. Because Jeffrey Combs was in Reanimator. He was in uh, From Beyond. He was in The Frighteners. He's played in a lot of stuff. He's done a lot of voiceover work, actually, too. There's one thing I know he did that was very popular, and I'm trying to find it. So bear with me a second here. Uh, man, he's he's been acting a long time, voice work especially a long time. Star Trek Enterprise, he was on that, also. Beyond Reanimator, uh, Deep Space Nine, he was on. I mean, the guy, another guy with pretty good acting chops, and he was in Transfers Two. He was in the Giver. So, Bride of the Reanimator, Robot Jocks, Freddy's Nightmare. I mean, this guy has been around. I might have to do an article on this guy. I didn't realize he was in this much stuff. He played Herbert West in Reanimator. Which uh, I talk about in a... I don't really talk about Reanimator. We're going to get to that one. That was a great flick. So, anyways, he's in it. He plays D-Day. And then there's uh, Nino Gomez and this other guy, Stiggs. Not to Stig from the... Show, the race, the dr- car show, or the driving show from the UK. Unfortunately, not him. No fast cars are in this. Stiggs is played by Tom Towles. Uh, Abraham, by the way, I didn't mention it. Uh, Lincoln Kilpatrick. And Nino Gomez is Clifton Collin Jun- Collins Jr. That name rings a bell to me, and I'm going to look him up real quick. I know I should have did this sooner, but uh, he's on Westworld right now, actually. And he was in Pacific Rim. He was in the TV show The Event. He's done a lot of TV acting. He's been around. So all the actors on this show, or in this movie, have pretty much, uh, you know, acted prior to and after, except like one of them. Who, the main actress, go figure, right? Who did a fine job in this, to be honest. So, let's see. I want to say Nino and Stiggs try to extort money or favors or something from him at some point. At some point, though, John finds out that his wife has been captured. Now, don't ask me uh, exactly how. It's been another movie i got to get on DVD. I haven't seen it in a long time, and my VHS copy is not real great. But I did watch it not too long ago. It was, I caught it on TV somewhere. And uh, maybe it was on like Netflix or Amazon Prime. I don't remember. So he finds out his wife has been captured and she's been held. She's being held in another level. I guess you wouldn't want to put the two together because then they wouldn't be inmates, right? They would. They'd be happy. At least they'd have each other, which you don't want. Uh, the child was born, and being the child was born illegally, <laughs> is officially owned by the corporation Mentel. Actually, no. Let me correct that. The child wasn't born yet. They were captured while she was still pregnant. They were sent. He was sentenced. They're still there. So the child, it's, she's she has not had the child yet. But once the child's born, the child will become property of the Mental Corporation and confiscated at birth. Yeah, this is sounding kind of like modern day, isn't it? Really. Anyways, not to get political on anything and piss anybody off. So 
there's also a guy named Maddox that we meet who's a buddy of Stig's. And Maddox tries to intimidate John, and they get in a giant fight. And a security now instead of they, they're security guards, but they're security turrets because that's you know the future. And uh, Maddox gets shot by one of the turrets, and John manages to get the intestinator off him and gives it to D-Day. And D-Day is being taken. Uh, John is wait, let me see. To get in a fight. John takes the intestinator off of Maddox, gives it to D-Day. Oh, he gives it to D-Day, and they're trying. They're going to bring John to uh, have a mind wipe procedure as punishment because why wouldn't you just do that? So we also find out that the uh, that Kurtwood Smith's character Poe is like in love with John's wife Karen, and it, there's a scene with the two of them. It's a good scene, and he basically says if. Um, if you live with me, I will treat your husband well. I won't wipe his mind. And, um, you know, you live with me, we'll be happy. You'll be happy. He'll be happy. Everyone, everyone will be happy. And, and realistically, I think in a way that means she can have to keep the kid, too, because he's the director. They don't really say about that, though, I don't think. So um, around this time, we also find out that Poe is a cyborg who has been enhanced by Mentech. They again. They really put a lot of stock into what 2017 was going to be like back in 1992. I mean, I think Back to the Future two went far overboard for what the year was supposed to be like. Was it 2016 or 15? But wow. So fast forward for about four months, and Karen's probably about ready to give birth by this point. She has access to the computer in Poe's quarter, or quarters, right? And it's, you know, the prison computer. So it turns out, obviously, the warden lied, or not the warden, but Poe lied, and John's memory was wiped anyway. And uh, so, let's see. So Karen finds out his mind was wiped anyway. Karen uses the... the, the decides she's going to fix it because I guess you can restore the, the mind. I guess they have like this, it's like, they call it like a holographic map. And, um, you can, uh, restore, you can restore the person that's been wiped. They don't really get into it. Again, it's a B movie. It's a good plot line. Don't get me wrong. It's a good storyline. So anyways, they, uh, they end up restoring his memory uh, D-Day gets involved again. He dismantles the intestinator on, that, from Matt, that Maddox had, and he uses the magnetic components of the intestinator to pull out the rest of theirs. That way they can do whatever they want. They can't be controlled because they're planning on escaping, and they're planning on escaping with her. So the next night, I think it's the next night, well, whenever, they're, they're all working, and they put on an act. They act like they're fighting. Right before the fight, they put all the intestinators in an air duct, nearby. So they get in this brawl that's a fake brawl. The computer Zed decides, I'm going to stop all this. Triggers the devices to put them back in their place or kill them all. And it turns out where they put them, when they explode, it opens a duct. A duct. That way they can escape. So they, they rush into the duct. Poe decides he's getting involved and he uh, sends in know, little cyborg creatures that have like flamethrowers, machine guns, and he uh, starts flooding the ducks with steam. 
and he sends he sends these in. So Stig surrenders. Stig's part of this too. He surrenders, and they shoot him dead anyway. So the rest of the group, which now leaves what we got: Maddox, D-Day, Abraham, and John. They take out one of the one of these uh, robotic things and find a way to steal its weapon. They then use they call them strike clones, I think. They then use its weapon to kill the kill the rest of the clones. At this point, the computer knows what Karen did, and the computer alerts Poe, "Hey, your your uh, your you know girlfriend here did the uh, your girlfriend here." you know, did this. Your girlfriend here gave her husband or her husband his mind back and all this stuff and, you know, this is causing it. And they also find, you also find out that the, um, all Mentel, all babies that are considered property of Mentel are removed through a fatal cesarean procedure, killing the mother in the process. And then they, um, make the babies into cyborgs. Abraham's with Karen because Abraham, well, actually, yeah, Abraham wasn't in the group that fought because Abraham's pose servant um abraham and karen try to fight against uh kurtwood smith's character poe abraham doing most of the work because she's pregnant and uh poe basically strangles his manservant to death abraham so that's another one down so that leaves what uh maddox d-day yeah maddox and d-day i think abraham no abraham yeah maddox and d-day and john so, they then, I don't know how they do this, because I, I don't remember how these, they, they get up into the higher levels where Poe's place is. I, I thought they took an elevator. It's some kind of elevator they take. I don't know how they get into it or whatever, but they, uh, they get up there. John takes Poe as a hostage, orders him to release Karen. Obviously, that's what you would do, right? So, he orders him to release his wife, and... Well, actually, let me correct that. At this point, Zed has taken control and his, is prepping her for the cesarean, I believe. And he's taking control and he's holding her. So John takes Poe hostage and makes him tell Zed-10 to free her, which Zed says, nope, not going to do it. Because the typical phrase that we all hear, we do not negotiate with, you know, with hostages, we don't we don't negotiate, right? You don't negotiate with terrorists or hostage situations. And then a gun turret comes out and blasts Poe, just destroying him. So now John's standing there by himself. He's got no, he's got no, um, no wep- no real weapons. He's got nothing, nothing between him and this insane computer. In the meantime, D Day and uh, it's got to be, got to be D Day and. Um, not Stiggs. Maddox. Had to be D-Day and Maddox find the core computer. I don't know how they find the core computer. I don't remember if they get an ID card or what, what they do to get around, but they get it, and D-Day starts hacking Z-10, right? So we find out that D-Day was... We find out D-Day is a badass hacker, and he was when he was arrested and started serving his sentence... They took a very, very nasty computer virus that he had written away from him. Don't ask me why they stored it on Z10. But they did. So D-Day takes the, uh, takes the virus and he's working on getting it activated. 
and he gets shot. And he, he's basically going to die. He, I, he, he gets crippled. But he manages to activate the virus. Z10 goes down. The defense systems go down. Everything goes down. Everything, everything opens up. All the automatic security just shuts down, right? Because it's all controlled by the computer. So that leaves John and... Um, so what other character? Who was it? I think they pick up another character along the way named Gomez or something like that. And, um, yeah, because I know at the end of the movie there's three of them and one of them gets killed. So, they escape. The uh, core computer shut down. John and Gomez, the guy he picked up along the way throughout the movie, I, I don't remember where. There's, some, there's actually kind of a lot of characters in this movie that he works with. There's got to be at least six. Uh, they escape. They steal a truck. And they escape to Mexico, which is funny because I, I don't know where the prison was. I know it's in the middle of the desert. Well, it has to be, yeah, it has to be the Pacific Southwest then. Or not the Pacific, but the Southwest. So they escape and they're driving and Karen has the baby in the uh, in a barn and has, um, has a child. Now, the ending I saw of this movie, she has labor, or she get, gives labor. Gomez goes out to the truck What's he go out to the truck for? I think he go, <coughs> excuse me. I think he goes out to the truck just to get supplies. Like he's looking for like a blanket to keep the her and the baby warm. You know, the typical kind of thing, right? Or Yeah, I think it's like right as she's giving birth, he goes out there, so no one really knows what he's doing. He I think he's going to get a blanket so the baby comes out and it's not just on the floor of the barn, right? And this is the part that's kind of corny. So the computer is destroyed by this virus. Everything shuts down. Suddenly it uplinks and con- con- connects to this truck. So Gomez is walking back to the barn with this blanket, and I distinctly remember this part because the, it reminded me of um, the Stephen King movie, Maximum Overdrive, only it didn't have a clown face on the truck. So the truck starts chasing him down. It doesn't, even tra- it doesn't really even trace him down or chase him down because I think he just didn't even realize it was coming at him, and it just plows him over and kills him. Which really sucks, because you're like, God damn it. This guy made it all the way through, the, you know, half of the movie and gets killed here by getting run over by a truck, somehow controlled by a computer that was destroyed by D-Day. And it sucked to see D-Day go down, too, because D-Day was kind of cool. So, Brennick hears the commotion, goes outside, sees what's happening. He still has one of the clone strike clones weapons with him, so he starts blasting the truck with machine guns, and then he um, he uses its uh, he uses the flame of the flamethrower attachment on the truck, and he's shooting it and shooting it, and the truck runs into the barn where his wife and child are, and ex- everything it explodes. Right, so you're like son of a bitch. You're 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 pissed because we all want the happy ending, right? He survives, wife and kid, but you're watching this going son of a bitch. They killed off the wife and kid. They killed off Gomez. That leaves John by himself in the desert. And you're just going, I can't believe they did this. Well, he goes into the room, he walks towards the ruins of the barn, and you find out that she was hiding by an old, like, um, old, uh, old tractor, I think it is. And she, she survived, and she's holding the baby, and that's where it ends. So it's still kind of a happy ending, right? Now, for some reason, some versions of this movie do not 
have that same ending. Now, I don't know why. I couldn't find any reason why. Because I believe the other endings just end where she's giving birth at the barn. Without Gomez getting killed by the truck. The movie was made uh, for like 12 million. The movie was made. I just looked it up. So I'm not even going to say like. I'm not going to lie to you. I looked it up. Just like I you know, I watched this movie a few weeks back. I still looked up some names and stuff. I, I don't remember the names of characters that are not the main characters. I, I'm sorry. I remember the actors a lot of times. But it, uh, it made $40 million. Which is not bad. And uh, they shot it on $12 million. Not a bad haul at all. I mean, I don't remember if it was... I don't remember... I remember seeing it on either Cinemax or my buddy... No, my buddy Steve had it on VHS. I remember watching it in high school back in 90, like... Probably 93, 94. Probably right after... We probably rented it from Blockbuster, the now defunct video chain. Which I sadly kind of miss. Um... But this movie is not a bad movie. This movie is a movie that I would definitely recommend watching. It's an enjoyable movie. It, it's it's a good it's a good movie, and it's rather well done. It's shot pretty good. Special effects are not half bad at all. It looks good. Um, there's other character other actors in here you'd recognize from other B movies. I mean, it's a who's who of B movies, really. And it's just a it's I like it a lot. I really do. It, it's not. And you know what? Even on IMDb, it's got like a 5.5 out of 10 or 5.9 out of 10 or something. It's a pretty solid rating for this kind of movie. It wasn't. Re- it had mixed reviews, obviously. it's a, You know, that's the thing that pisses me off. It, right? Sci- sci-fi movies always have mixed reviews. No one likes sci-fi movies. Or not that they don't like them, but it's like people don't want to admit that they like them. And I don't understand why. Or why they don't like... Um, you know, B-movies. Everyone puts so much worry into the special facts, and that, no one cares about the stories. And the movies I, I'm, try, I'm, I'm hoping to talk to you about, granted Space Mutiny was just because it's just such a disaster. You're like, nope, just gotta, just gotta watch it. It's horrible. That's, that's the category that's so bad it's good. But Fortress, Fortress is a good flick, and like I said, good director, directed some f- classic films, and... uh yeah, you know, it's a it's a great movie from the early 90s. It really does get a little carried away in what the world's going to be like th- now. So far, um, the President of the United States has not ordered uh, one child, uh, one child uh, law yet. So let's hope that doesn't happen. But there was a sequel for it. I remember watching it and feeling underwhelmed. And I want to say, and it is Christopher Lambert again in the sequel. He's still on the run from the corporation that um, did did this to him. He's the only actor left from it, which makes sense because everyone else is dead except the wife, right? The wife and the kid. And it takes place like ten years after. And, and what I don't understand is he he gets like he's in North America, or yeah, I guess Mexico's in North America technically. But he gets a, son, a call from his son, which you would think that they would have, like, run somewhere, you know? But, I don't know. It, it's not nearly as good of a movie as the first one. Maybe if I watch it again, I would think it is. But I, I it, at the time, I can't say I, I liked it as much. Uh, 
like I said, there's been movies that came after this that were very similar. I, I want to, you know, but uh, give it a watch. And you know what? Thanks for listening, and thanks for uh, watching if you watch the movies. And if you if you like it, you know what? Share it. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your pets. Give them a podcast. Let them listen to the podcast. So anyways, that's this episode of the Attack of the B-Movies podcast, and thanks for listening.